This past Wednesday, of course, was Ash Wednesday. If you were at Mass and paid attention to the opening prayer, that opening collect of Ash Wednesday, I thought it gives a very good description of what we do during the season of Lent. It was a very good introduction, you could say, to this holy season. And that opening collect included these words. We begin this campaign of Christian service, and as we take up battle against spiritual evils, may we be armed with the weapons of self-restraint. We begin this campaign of Christian service, and as we take up battle against spiritual evils, we may be armed with the weapons of self-restraint. It's an image of a soldier going out into battle where the enemy is not some opposing force or some military adversary. The enemy is spiritual. And so it is a campaign, brothers and sisters. It is a foray, you could say, that all of us enters into to to go into battle against the various spiritual evils that we face. Now make no mistake about it, these things are real. Just because the evils are spiritual does not make them imaginary. There's a very big difference between those two things. These are real evils, real uh, errors, real sins that you and I are fighting against. And St. Paul acknowledges as much in his first letter to the Corinthians, where he says, I do not run aimlessly. I do not fight as if I were shadow boxing. No, I drive my body and train for it. For fear that after having preached to others, I myself should be disqualified. So there is real purpose to these 40 days, a real aim to our Lenten campaign. There are real opponents, or even a real opponent, we could say, real battles that we face. But also, luckily, there are real weapons at our disposal to aid us in this battle. And Jesus himself enters into this battle in our gospel today. It takes place immediately after his baptism in Luke's gospel. We hear that Jesus was filled with the Holy Spirit, having sort of come off the high, the spiritual ecstasy of his baptism. And he was led by the Spirit into the desert for 40 days to be tempted, to go into battle, you could say, against the evil one. And Jesus was tempted in three ways. In our gospel, and these three ways, I think, are emblematic of the ways that for centuries the church has described evil. As if there are three sources of temptation or three sources of evil. And the church has had this tradition of these three sources of evil over the course of the centuries. So the first way that Jesus was tempted, we hear that Jesus ate nothing for the course of those 40 days, and afterward he was hungry. And that is a natural sensation having gone 40 days and 40 nights without food. Any other human being would feel the exact same way. It is a natural desire that Jesus has. And so what does Satan do? He springboards off of that sensation, springboards off of that situation to tempt Jesus to turn the stones in front of him into bread. And this represents temptations of the flesh. To do the natural thing when we have a desire of the, of the flesh, to satisfy it, to satiate the desire. We have a natural desire, we should try to satisfy it. That is so often how our world works. And it is so easy to fall into these temptations because there are so many desires of the flesh that you and I experience every day. Whether they come from our taste buds, our hormones, our eyes, or our stomachs, all of these things feed desires 
of our flesh. And Jesus, thankfully, in this gospel, resists that temptation. So often, brothers and sisters, we do what is natural when we instead should do what is supernatural. We have a natural desire sometimes. We only do the natural thing. We give in. Instead of doing what is supernatural, of what Christ does, to say no to these things. Fulton Sheen very beautifully reflects on these three temptations. And in relation to this first one, he says, you know, when we feed ourselves on the bread of lower desires, we often find ourselves far more hungry at the end than we were at the beginning. On the bread of lower desires, no one can live, he says. So that is why the church proposes as a weapon against temptations of the, of the flesh, the remedy of fasting, where we say no to what is a natural desire, namely hunger. We say no to that natural desire and instead do what is supernatural instead. We say no to that which is so elementary, our desire for sustenance in exchange for hopefully receiving a grace or something supernatural in return. The second way that Jesus is tempted is Satan takes him to the parapet of the temple and says, cast yourself down for the angels will bear you up. And this, brothers and sisters, is a temptation from the world, which so often tells us to cast ourselves down onto the rocks of sin, as Fulton Sheen would say. And so often we abandon ourselves to earthly pleasures, earthly pursuits, accumulating earthly possessions, ambition, greed, cutthroat competition. They are all hallmarks of modern life, and Lord knows we all fall into these habits more often than what we would like. And by saying no to this specific temptation, Jesus atones for our excessive love of the world. And the remedy that the church proposes, the weapon that we have at our disposal against sins of the world, of course, is almsgiving. Giving of ourselves for the sake of others, so that we hopefully become less attached to our worldly goods, less attached to our worldly possessions, giving from our hearts, giving from what is meaningful to us for the sake of others, becoming a little bit more detached from success, from money, and prestige. Again, for us, maybe if this Lent, we can ask, when's the last time we've really evaluated our generosity of our time, our talent, or our treasure, and said, you know what, I need to do more in one of those areas. Maybe one way that we can be just more generous is by almsgiving for others. It can help atone for our love of the world. And finally, the third temptation. The devil offers Jesus all of the world, all the kingdoms of the world, if only he bows down and worships him. And this final temptation is from the devil itself. The flesh, the world, and the devil himself. These are the three sources of temptation. And so often Satan promises us that what he gives us will make us more happy than what God would rather give us instead. And again, how often do we exchange that which is so priceless and beautiful, namely grace or some spiritual habit, in exchange for something that we realize is so trivial and if anything turns into a mirage? That is so often how we fall to temptations of the devil himself. We take what is eternal and exchange it for that which is temporary or that which is passing. And the remedy that the church proposes for this temptation, the weapon we have at our disposal, is prayer. After all, in this temptation in particular, Jesus retorted to the devil, Worship the Lord your God, and him alone shall you serve. 
There is no better expression of that than in prayer. So that is what we are fighting against, brothers and sisters. The three temptations of the flesh, the world, and the devil. Represented, of course, in the stations of the cross by those three falls of Jesus. Ever wonder why we have three falls in the stations of the cross? It's for those, uh, those three sources of temptation, the flesh, the world, and the devil. And of course, it matches up with those great three works of Lent, prayer, fasting, and almsgiving. It's like the church has thought about this for centuries. It's like she's really been smart about this for many, many years. It's the nature of temptation, sure, but it is also the nature of grace and the nature of how we fight against that temptation. And we mustn't forget, brothers and sisters, that Jesus entered into this fight so that when we have to fight this battle, we know we aren't doing it alone. Jesus is not some general sitting in his man cave demanding that we fight his battles for him. No, he is with us. He willingly entered into it. He is fighting alongside of us, alongside with us, using the same weapons that you and I are called to utilize as well. Now this gospel ends, brothers and sisters, with a word that can seem a little bit foreboding. Where we hear, when the devil had finished every temptation, he departed from Jesus for a time. And that can seem a little foreboding. Because we know that Satan will be back. He always tries again, and he would be back, especially in the Garden of Gethsemane before Jesus' passion. And it can feel that way sometimes, that Satan will always try to weasel his way back. That we're eventually just going to be playing spiritual whack-a-mole all the time. That if it's not one temptation I'm struggling with, it's another. And yes, that can sometimes seem like the spiritual life. And yes, Satan learns from being thwarted and he tries new tactics regularly. But we cannot surrender in the battle just because the fight is constant. We have to stay spiritually strong and continue day in and day out to fight alongside Jesus in the battle for our lives. So this Lent is an annual campaign against the inroads that sin has made in our hearts over the course of the past year. So when that battle gets tough, when the temptation seems so alluring, may we call upon Christ who merited the grace for us to persevere through our temptation so that we might see the battle through all the way to the end, to the victory promised us in Christ Jesus.